0: Okay, Mikel, um, if we can start with team news, please, and most notably, Bakayo Saka. How are you looking for the for the game with Villa?
1: We have a training session today. We have uh, two or three players that finished the game with some issues, and uh, we have to review them today. How is Bakayo looking, though, as you understand it? He hasn't trained yet, so again, we have to assess him today and and see how he is.
0: Okay. Alexandre Lacazette obviously had an impact when he came on the other night, got the goal. What more does he have to do to have more of a shout of featuring more
1: regularly? To keep doing what he's doing. He had a good impact as well when he came on against Brighton. Um, He's a player that uh, since I've been here, he's played a lot and has been really important and he will continue to be important. You
0: also said that you were guilty at times of playing with the handbrake on. What can, you,
1: what can you do to ensure that that doesn't happen? That after scoring the goal and after hitting the level of performance that we're hitting again uh, after the first part of the game, um, just make sure that we go for the second ball and we continue to play with the same uh, fluidity, with the same intention, and we don't start to defend something that we have done because the game is really long and, um, and we have to do that for longer periods in the game. And Aston Villa, as a test, how do you see this one? It is a test and um, and they have shown how difficult they've been against us because we haven't got the results that we wanted uh, recently against them. So um, we know they have improved their squad, the way they play a lot in the last few seasons. Um, they are showing a lot of ambition the way they are recruiting as well. And, um, and it will be a difficult game for sure.
2: Okay, Good luck.
1: Thanks,
3: Paul. Thank you. Gary from Sky in the room. Yes, hello, Raquel. You said there were two or three players that you had slight concerns about. Can you tell us?
1: No, i yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, Go on.
1: <laughs> go on, tell us. No, no.
3: <laughs> and with, with Kao, okay, I mean, I don't know if you're a betting man, but if you were a betting man, would you back him being available? Tomorrow?
1: Yes, I'm not a betting man. And uh, he's down to the doctors and himself, see how he recovers and uh, how he's feeling between today and tomorrow.
3: It's important to you though, isn't he? So you'll be keeping your fingers
1: crossed. It is very important and he's shown how important it is uh, for the team.
3: Obviously, like as that came on, you must have noticed the the welcome that the crowd gave him when he came on and then what's made a difference.
1: Well, I think he was able to transmit that energy, and uh, that was contagious for the rest of the team and for the and for the stadium. And uh, he created a different atmosphere straight away with his energy, with his quality as well, and and determination that he showed um, to change the result straight away. And and that belief that he had in himself that he could do it.
3: Because in a couple of months he can start reaching agreements with
1: other clubs. Mm. Is that a shame? It's the situation that we have um, and we have to accept it. Um, I cannot ask anything from the player and uh, the way he's dealing with that situation and um, and it's not an individual situation. it's a situation that has an knock-on effect because all this that we have to deal as well in the past and still now, um, to see what uh, the best option is going to be for everybody at the end of the season.
3: It's a credit to him that the way he still, despite that situation, gets his head down and tries his best. I think he's had one goal or assist every 46 minutes so far this
1: season. I had uh, no doubts about that. And if I would, probably I would suggest to do something different with him in the summer. Um, when I play, couldn't find the motivation of his interest in just with um, his financial future. And um, it's not the case with Laka, and he showed them since I've been here every single day. And, um, and that's why he's a really important player for us. So, just finally,
3: to clarify, if it were down to you, it wasn't to do, anything to do with agents or money or anything like that, he,
1: he would stay at the club. Well, he's our player, and I treat him like any other player, not because he has a year left or no year left. I'm going to treat him differently, and that's why he deserves.
3: Can I ask you about uh, Dean Smith, the job he's doing? I think he's three years in the job this week. Mm. So obviously,
1: they put faith in him and it's paying off. It is. Um, I really like him, first of all, as a person, how he's everything that I heard from him. He's is, um, is really, really positive. He's, um, he's building, I think, a team and a club with different ambitions and uh, credit to him and as well the, the ownership, obviously, that they're giving him the time and, and the and the credit to do that, and um, and he's doing a really good job. I
3: think they've more than 48 hours longer than you to prepare for this game. Does that make a difference?
1: I hope not. I hope we had enough time and um, and everybody's focused and available. We play at home and we know the type of game that we need to play to beat them. And um, and our focus is only there.
4: Just finally from me, um,
3: apparently uh, we're getting lots of little nice bits of insight from Jack during his time here at the training ground, mm. He says that uh, in recent sprint tests, Kieran Turn is actually the fastest player of the club. Were you aware of that?
1: Yes. Well, depending on the test, but Kieran for sure is one of the quickest, depending on the distances and the type of uh, of the measurements that you want to take there. But uh, for sure, he's one of the fastest.
3: 22 to 23 miles per hour is clocked out. What's, what's your going rate these days?
1: Well, when I'm in the car, I'm pretty fast. <laughs>
4: Thanks, Kerry. George, BBC.
1: Thanks, Mark. Um, Mikel,
2: I know you won't reveal the two or three players that are injured, but can you reveal whether Lacazette will be starting tomorrow night?
1: Obviously, George, you know what I want (laughs) to
2: Okay, we'll read into that. Um, just, Did you ever get an explanation as regarding to why James McArthur wasn't sent off in the end for that tackle on
1: Pakaio? Now we had communication um, with the referees and the association to try to explain to why they didn't um, intervene in that action. When the explanation that we have from the start of the season was that um, and they would, and when there is a, an obvious error there, um, they have to take action, and they didn't. And there are actions that determine a football match and the results and um, and for me is not acceptable. Um.
2: Jürgen Klopp came up with an interesting phrase I thought on Tuesday night when he said that Liverpool won dirty. And I just wondered if that's something that your Arsenal need, team need to do, is, is win matches when, when they're not playing well. Is that something that you agree with?
1: Yes, um, my focus is to to win when and playing well. And this is what we have to do. Uh, when we were playing well and the faces that we played well, we dominated the game, we generated the chances and we deserve to win the game. The issues come, we don't start to do that. But when you do that, you have to show enough resilience and, and know how to manage those situations that we had to do against Brighton in, in certain moments and still um, be able to, to win the match. And sometimes individual actions, um, a set piece or judge's determination helps you to do that. And of course, it's another way of winning. Um, and it has to be present in, in the way the team acts and, and thinks.
2: Can um, I just ask you, there was a player you was linked with a lot in the summer, with Buendia. Did you ever come close to signing him? Can you explain why that move didn't work out?
1: I never discussed the players that uh, we were interested in and, um, and I'm not going to do that now.
2: No problem. Good luck tomorrow. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thanks, George. Ian, Talk Sport.
2: <laughs> Hi, Michael. How are you?
4: Good. Um, Michael, Steve Bruce lost his job yesterday up at Newcastle. Um, and I I thought gave quite a powerful statement afterwards about the fact that he'd never really won over the fans and, you know, he takes his job home with him and it affects his family life. I think it's fair to say that the Arsenal support is is mainly behind you, but there are still some you have to try and win over. So how do you not take your job home with you? How do you avoid being sad at home and it affecting your, your wife and your children?
1: Well, I was really sad after reading uh, that statement from Steve. First of all, because I know him personally. Um, And secondly, with uh, what he transmitted in his words. Um, You're talking about somebody that's been in the game over 40 years as a player, as a manager, that has managed over a thousand games. And he's telling you with that experience, with that level of expertise that he has, because you have to, to be able to sustain at that level that he struggles uh, with that kind of situation, with that kind of abuse. So I think we have to reflect. And we can not take for granted and accept certain things because they are how they are. No, we are here as well to improve them and change them. Like we do with any rules, uh, with any fixture list that we have, with anything that we want to improve for our supporters, fans, stadiums, facilities, broadcasts why we don't spend more time and we have an open table to discuss how we can do that. Because I think we have to think about one of the most experienced managers in England history is telling you that on a letter. You can just ignore that. For me it's a very serious statement and it's something that has to change and has to start to change.
4: How, how can we change that then? And do do the fans have in, in a way too powerful a voice? I mean if, if he said yesterday no, we
1: cannot we cannot blame the fans, guys. Only say no it's the fans, no it's not the fans. It's a football is in an industry that is that big that has a, such a big impact in society that everybody has an opinion and it's great to have a strong opinion and be so convinced about what you see and how you judge people act. You don't have to study, you don't even have to be able to play football. You can just give a strong opinion and that's it. You talk about chemistry, you don't do that. You talk about law, a law case that you are, you don't have that opinion because you have to study and then you don't say anything. But you can say anything about that. And it's good because it creates debate, it creates opinion, and it's great. But uh, when you cross the line, I think it becomes really difficult because it's not a man. It's a man, it's a family, it's his loved ones, it's the environment. And, um, and I think we have to reflect. I was really impressed with how he explained openly. How he felt, and uh, and I didn't like it to be fair.
4: Finally, um, you're talking there about Alexander Lacazette and his contract running down. He's maybe able to talk to other clubs in in a couple of months' time. Um, this happens a lot at Arsenal. There doesn't seem to be quite a lot of you know two years left on someone's contract. Let's get them in, sit them down, and extend the contract, even if you don't actually want to keep the player. Is that a problem for the football club?
1: Is that problem that occurs every every club? Um, because their contract has a length and players have certain ages and certain phases in their career. And it's something common that you have to be able to deal with.
4: So when you have someone like Alexander Lacazette, who who has always scored important goals for Arsenal, um, and it kind of happened a bit with Olivier Giroud as well, Is, is there no thought of, let's just give him another year just to buy ourselves, the football club, a little bit of extra time and space?
1: That's a strategy that you can use. Is when do you do it? You can do it the, the year before, you can do it during the season, at the end of the season. There are very different ways. Every player acts differently. He needs a different level of motivation and a different level of confidence or reassurance that, um, that he's got the trust and belief of the club. Every every case is, is single. Good luck Thanks, tomorrow,
4: Mikel. Thank you. Mark Press Association.
0: Hi, uh, just another quick one on lack of that's okay. Um, obviously, you say he, you know he's not financially motivated and that you're happy with how he's performing, but if, if there was such a desire for him to stay, would he not would there not have been a way to have already offered him a new deal?
1: Well, depends a lot of in a lot of things. It's not just a matter of be willing. It's been possible uh, to fulfill that will and uh, and the win, which is very important as well. If that's
0: impossible to to do, does that mean that he'll definitely not be offered a new deal then?
1: No, I wouldn't say that. Anything is possible.
0: Um, Do do you find it strange that you're being asked to play on a Friday, having played on a Monday? That's quite a quirk of the fixtures for
1: you, isn't it? It is very strange. And when we have uh, no European football, it's uh, difficult to understand. But um, it's what it is. And um, we can give our opinion, but uh, at the end we have no say on that. Does it put you at a disadvantage? I don't want to think like that. Uh, if we focus on the game, we have enough days to recover and prepare the game. And um, and that's what we're going to do. Uh,
0: yourself, Edu and the club were, were widely criticised um, for selling Emi Martinez last year. But does the signing and then the, the subsequent form of Aaron Ramsdale prove that
1: you were right to do so? I don't know. We we made decisions um, with the best possible intention and looking for the best interests of the club. But as well, he was a very strong participant. It was Emmy who deserved um, all the credit for the amount of time that he spent at the club. And don't forget that he had different spells um, on loan as well. And he got to a point in his career uh, when, under me, he started to play and very important games and he did extremely well. That his ambition, his belief and why he went to take his career was um, very different and it was urgent for him because he was so patient for so long and um, I'm really happy that uh, he's doing well. He's a, he's a great kid, I play with him, I manage him and uh, he has tremendous personality as well and he's showing that Aston Villa and the national team and I can say that I'm, I'm happy for him. Once he left, it seemed like a,
0: a bit of a problem position for the club to find the right balance with goalkeepers. Do you think that now Aaron's
1: in and you've got Burnt as the second choice? Is that we have like, two fantastic goalkeepers and we have another two academy players um, behind them, and um, I think we are really strong in that position at the moment.
0: And then just finally for me, Mikael, you played 4-3-3 on Monday night. Given the result and, and the performance, is that a, is that a formation you're going to have to almost pick and choose when you're going to use against certain opposition? It's not one you can you can play every week.
1: If we play 4-3-3 the way we played the first 20 minutes. You win the game, it's tough. If you start to play the way we play the following 20 minutes, it doesn't work because it's a game that is a transition game. And we don't have the players to do that when we play in that formation. the play with in a different part of the game. The last 20 minutes is something that we haven't done a lot as well, but it worked because we generate what we wanted. We have to be flexible and we have to play players in their strengths and when they are on that play.